Can I get an amen? You got an amen? Can I get an amen? Can I get an amen? Hey, y'all. Welcome to Can I Get an Amen? We are hoping that anytime you tune in with us, we're leaving you a little bit better than you were before we found you. In our podcast, we hope to ignite something inside of you as we share our passion for personal growth, finding our God-given talents and gifts in this world, and also our love for living an intentional life. And that something sparks inside of you um, makes you, you know, shout out. Amen. Amen. Abide Conference 2024. Y'all, these people bring in the truth, the goodness, and the beauty of our Catholic faith. It is amazing how they turn the double tree on Penhook in Lafayette, Louisiana, into the most gorgeous space. They elevate the ordinary. They have a beautiful adoration chapel. Um, every mass grouping of talks that they give, there's uh, adoration with 500 other women plus in this room. And it, you can feel your little soul shake from the powerful and uplifting experience of Abide 2024. And we are in the time of the Eucharistic revival. So this conference is above the ordinary conference. It is a retreat experience with talks with the most amazing speakers you guys have. The lineup is out of this world. Mm-hmm. How do people buy tickets? They can go to the buywomensconference.com. And they're two ninety five. We kept them the same price. Really encouraging women to to really bless yourselves, husbands out there, bless your wives, your mother, your sister. Um, all those women really need to come and have their cup overfilling. So they're two ninety five. You can go online and buy one today. What a great Mother's Day gift to give. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, Mother's Day, birthday, Mother's Day, birthday, <laughs> Christmas. Y'all get your tickets. Get your tickets while you can. This is going to sell out fast. Um, I can speak to the adoration. It was a game changer for me getting to witness 500 women on their knees, just adoring the Lord. And I know that this is what we're called to do is to bring heaven to earth. And that is exactly what abide does. It brings heaven to earth. So get your tickets, you guys. We can't wait to see y'all February 2nd, 3rd and 4th, 2024 at the Doubletree um, on Pinhook. So see y'all out there. See ya. Y'all, welcome back. We're in Holy Spirit Studios. We sit down with Paul Whittington and Bubba Broussard today, and whoa, just hold on to your hats. Their story is an example how God weaves people into our lives and into our past when we need them most, even in the most unexpected losses and events in our life. Yeah, it's a powerful story, you guys. These are two very amazing holy humans, and we're so honored to have them, so uh, y'all enjoy and buckle up. It gets a little teary-eyed. Bubba's ready. Bring us in, Bubba. Oh, Paul, you got this, baby. You don't have to freestyle. You can yeah, father. Yeah, name the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Lord, thank you for having us here today. Um, thank you for uh, putting people in my life like Paul Whittington and uh, <laughs> and uh, allowing us to uh, share our story together, giving me the courage to share with you today. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. Father we in Holy Spirit Studio. Man, okay, that's that's my kind of praying, Bubba. I okay. love your accent, Bubba. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Kind of sound like you're from Cutoff a yeah. little bit. Yeah. <laughs> so well, good. He works pretty you know, close. Pretty close. I'm born and raised in Abbeville, but my my family was from uh, Pecan Island, which is. Along the coast, right? Well, there On you the go. coast. There it is. That's the yep. thick. Highway 82. Yep. Tick. 
Tick. Con Island. All right. So Paul Whittington and Bubba Broussard are in the studio with us today. Um, you guys just came from New Iberia. You said y'all saw Father Don Bernard, who, who asked us to call you. Uh-oh. Um, <laughs> or not asked. He just suggested. He's like, man, you got to get my boy on. And I'm like, why does that name sound so familiar? Paul and I went to the same high school. Yes, we did. Yeah, And the same church. We yes. grew up at Holy Cross. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. Huh. And then Smart Christy world. and Paul. MDA yep. camp? MDA summer camp. He was a volunteer. Yeah. I was a staff. Important person. Member. Not, <laughs> I was not an, our staff was not important at camp. We were like the bottom of the totem pole because the volunteers like ran the show. MDA camp was awesome. That was, it was a cool, anybody that needs something to do, go and volunteer at a muscular dystrophy camp. Mm-hmm. Life changing. I remember them telling me that. I started like, well, no, I started I think the week or a week before telethon right. and then had my first camp. And I remember I was always very anxious and fearful around people with disabilities. Yeah. If they were in a wheelchair, it didn't matter the age. I was fearful only because I didn't know what I was supposed to do. I didn't know what their disability was. So I didn't know if I spoke to them, would they speak back to me? I was so like naive and ignorant of what that meant. And I mean, still to this day, we all have a little bit of ignorance with that. You know, it's intimidating. But I remember going to my first uh, telethon and then lock up and Shay Staley driving up in his motor chair. And he was the most confident kid. (laughs) Yeah, he was. He he just like knocked me right back into my place. And it was just awesome. And so, yeah, summer camp was just they say when you get there that week that all the wheelchairs and all the braces disappear and fact. you get to see the kids. 100% fact. Fact. Yeah, it was a gift. I think Justin, you know, without Justin Rogers and T-Bob and Peggy and Jody, like I would never be who I am because they let me in. Like they gave me their kid for a week, mm. you know, to everything, brush his teeth, wipe his butt, all of it. And it was an introduction of what love, you know, looks like and what it should be like. And then like Scotty Olivier, Christy yeah. Olivier, they're yeah. the ones that pulled me in. He's the only reason I'm a veterinarian is Scotty. Um teaching me not to mess up in college, you know, and, and gifting me the the important virtues of studying. So but Justin, I'll tell you this one story, not to take up time, but Justin all the time. Yeah. Week <laughs> week. So the first week of camp, first year, I'm um, just finished high school, and uh, I meet Justin, and you know we had a great two hours, and then he starts, and he, you know, most of these kids are spoiled, and most yeah. of them, for good reason, have not been corrected. So Justin's deal was he would try to take over if we were playing a game. He was, you know, always given first rights. Well, now you're amongst other kids with disabilities, and like you have to give them a chance to play, and he he wouldn't, and it was beautiful because I'm like, hold on, man, it's not your turn, and naturally, like he he's getting defensive, and then he cursed at me. I said, hey, we don't curse, and like the loving curse, but <laughs> and uh, so then he does it again. I said, if you do it again, I'm a flush your head in the toilet. It's the first thing that came to my mind. I'm going to give you a swirly. And I That's did. the first thing. And I you did. did. You I picked did. him out of his chair and gave him a swirly because he wouldn't stop. <laughs> so wait oh yeah it gets better um so naturally you know there's some frustration and and jokingly we're all joking but like i called his dad i never met 
because his mom had came to send off. And I told him. And then when his dad showed up for the family day, he yeah. walked straight up to me and he hugged me. He said, I've been wanting to do that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, you know, here's their perfect child from God, and I'm flushing his head in the toilet. So, yeah, it was a rude awakening to parenting. Now that I have boys, I'm just like, wow. wow. The gift of, you know, like, can I trust somebody with my kids? We do. But, like, a handicapped child. What are you afraid of? Somebody crunch. giving them a swirl? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Punk. <laughs> Who am I? <laughs> My God. Oh, you have no idea. Man, there's so many kids I want to give a swirly to. <laughs> yeah. I love that you actually went. Oh, yeah. well, I did it. A handicapped Man. kid at that. <laughs> you had the instincts for sure. No, he's, yeah, he's he's for sure next to Jesus and rooting for me, hopefully, because, yeah, he put me through a lot of life lessons and that maybe I didn't do that right, but. <laughs> well, let's keep going on that front and we'll kind of go backwards a little bit. Um, how did, how did you get involved i know you said scotty and christy but like you were in high school and y'all yeah high school years so we went to fatima so kindergarten through eighth and so we had a huge upbringing parents are super faith-filled um catholic as they make i mean taught our cia the whole ball of wax like they love the catholic faith so dad was actually in seminary for a little while before he met women my mom he says um so it was understanding for a lot of our childhood like hey we didn't miss mass ever but then high school years get challenging college years get challenging but i always knew where to go back to if that makes sense so Mm -hmm. i i stayed pretty resilient even though maybe you know on the monday through saturday not following it but definitely, you know, I knew where home was, if you will. So I think parents were the huge indicators of that and requiring it. Like it was not something you got away with. Like you went to mass. I mean, you couldn't, you could get out of school easier than that. So mm. that was huge for us. That was Holy Cross the whole time? Um, so we bounced. So Fatima, of course, mm-hmm. whenever, and then. We so Father Jay Voris was at St. Patrick's. We went there for a while. Holy Cross a lot. I mean, Holy Cross, especially high school years, because it was close, mm-hmm. and I would always pick my own schedule. And I loved Kale, you know, and still do. And y'all did an awesome segment on him. Um, and then we St. Mary is where they are now. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, crucifix over there. Yeah, it's real. <laughs> it's real. Wrecks me every time. Real. I actually told myself the other day in adoration, I'm like, I need to go sit back at St. Mary's and just sit under that crucifix. Have you ever been over there? No, you told me about it. Oh, I've been, but... um, Never noticed? It's been a long time, so I couldn't recollect. Well, I would suggest anybody, uh, while we're in Lent, this is going to come out after Lent, but anytime, just go sit with that crucifix. That thing is It's hanging in the middle of the church? Mm Mm-hmm. On the altar. Above the altar. Okay, never mind. I'm making up something else. Lights on, or... Windows behind. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, so Bubba, we're going to ping back and forth about Mm y'all's stories. Tell us about you growing up. Well, my story is a bit different. (laughs) I didn't have the same guidance. No. You know, when I was younger, we did all the necessary stuff as far as for faith wise, first communion, confirmation, never really went to church a whole lot. Um, So I could say our faith was very, very, very vague, you know. Mm-hmm. Always believed in God, but never really put put our lives in His hands, you know. Mm. 
And uh, all of that changed about three years ago. Oh, wow. Um, they don't son, know. Yep. My son was working for Paul um, January 27, 2020. My 18-year-old boy um, going to work. Meet Paul, 6.30 on a Monday morning, and uh, lost his life in an automobile accident. And uh, it changed my life. Wow. It really did. It, uh, by unforeseen circumstances, <laughs> got us yeah. knowing each other a we lot didn't more intimately. Yeah. We really didn't, didn't even know each that? other. I knew Paul. Yeah. That was it. I just knew Paul. And uh, that's where my journey started. Instead of going off on the dark side, um, I chose to walk that path. I felt, I felt that that's where my son went. He was heavy in his faith. He went to, I sent him to Catholic school. I did all the stuff. I made him do the things that I should have been doing all these years, yeah. very hypocritically, hypocritically. And, uh, well, praise God for that. Yeah, in either. his, in his passing, he taught me a lot, you know, just mm. in that passing. Um, eight short months later, I buried my only brother. Uh, 15 months younger than me and then four months later I buried my father from aggressive cancer so in a 13 month span I was stricken with a lot of grief and heartache and I chose to channel it into God you know instead of and that's where it led me to be sitting on this couch (laughs) wow speaking speaking my story so that's just a little bit about me that's a big lot about you. Yeah, yeah. What were your conversations sounding like? Did you have any sort of prayer life at all before your son passed? Not really. Never uh, talked to God or never like? Really. Not ever. None. Like non-existent. Um, like I said, I mean, we never were We never were forced to go to church. We never attended church. Parents didn't attend church. Um, grew up. Grew up in a rough life. Drug abuse, alcohol abuse. Mm. Just everything. And when I lost Calix, um, I turned to God and he greeted me with open arms. Wow. Like, I am the story. Welcome yeah. home. <laughs> like, welcome home. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I know the answer is probably grace, but what made you, with the life that, how you grew up, what made you even put your, like, your children in Catholic school? What do you think that came from? I, I guess it was just, it was the seed that was there, yeah, it yeah. just—I never fertilized it. I never nurtured it to grow. I just knew I wanted better for my kids than what I did for myself. And uh, I got—I do have an older son who's had some troubles in his life, also. Who's—he's turned his life around. Wow. Tim's Bible study with us. Oh, wow. Um, when he has time, uh, which you know we're opening his eyes into it also, but. I mean, I mentioned this several times, and I'll say it again. It's like the he, my son passed away on a Monday morning. We went into church on a Wednesday, and when we walked into that church, I felt I felt him, mm. like I felt him there. And I attended weekly masses from that day on, daily masses, daily for months, months, months. Because that's where you felt your. That's kid. where I felt him. Like when I walked through the doors, I felt him. So I knew at that point that that's where I needed to be. Isn't that wild? It is very wild. I felt the wild. same way after my dad died. It, right. Like the closer I could get to Jesus, the closer I could get to my dad. Exactly. And that's basically how I've 
started living my life. Like if I really and hopefully believe that, that my son is in heaven, like there's only one job for me on earth is to get there. So whatever I have to do, whatever I have to do to get myself and my family there, that's where we hit. Well, your other job We're was trying. to get the kid there and get <laughs> oh, that. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that's your only job as a dad. Yes, most definitely. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Man, my mind is just blown. <laughs> this is like a bomb. This is such a great story and such a great like witness to God that God yes. is real. Yes. God is real. Definitely. Definitely. I mean, I just that f- it takes death. I mean, I can only speak for myself, but I was so far away from God. And I think that's that's something we speak about often also is like in the midst of tragedy. Who does everybody turn to? Right. Like you're always quick to turn to God, but why in those little moments, just waking up in the morning, we can't give him that same attention, you know? So I think that's what we're striving for every day is just to get up in the morning and get on our knees and say, man, thank you. Thank you for the breath today. The same that we do in a tragedy, you know? Mm-hmm. Why give him that grace every day? So. That's so true. Okay, Paul, so at that <laughs> moment, where were you... In your faith walk when the accident happened? I I mean, so I'll back up a hair. Met my wife while in Baton Rouge. Um, She was a Methodist, so I was at that time going to Christ the King because I was in veterinary school. Um, I go ask Father Tom at Christ the King. I said, what what the hell is a Methodist? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm supposed to do it. Yeah. And... uh, he was cool. He was an awesome guy. But anyway, so he's like, she go to mass or services? Yes. Her parents? Yes. She's a good woman? Yes. It, that far away. Don't worry. She'll come around. And wow. um, he just had this insight and, and ability. So it never affected, like never once did it bother me or my parents. Maybe it did to my parents, but they never said anything. You know, I have some mm-hmm. start strong Catholics Mm. can uh, almost have an an inferior complex about anyone. And it was not that it was. So we would go to both. We would alternate back and forth all the time. Um, And yet the introduction to her becoming Catholic, like we got married in the Methodist church, but had father Joe bro bless it Mm -hmm. to where everything was good. In fact, father Tom was supposed to come, but, but he had fallen ill um, so we, I guess we're strong in the sense of like I've had a couple of kids born with difficulties, twins, um, been through a lot of surgeries and, and definitely relied on God, but definitely thought we were muscling a lot of it too. Like mm. felt like we were doing it, uh, felt like, you know, we knew we would ask God in, in the surgeries we would ask god for help whenever we needed them but we never thought we needed them as much as we you know do daily and um so i would say we were probably the average just kind of young professionals just doing our thing and not necessarily giving back to god definitely not um providing a, a box for him to work in our life um we then so justin helped keep me strong in my conviction of the need for God, of course. Um, 
I got to witness quite a few miracles from Justin, like true miracles. And um, I've gotten to watch a family turn devastation into love. I've gotten to watch his sister adopt, you know, a young child who was from an addicted family. I got to watch like his mom who took care of him all those years to now be able to transform her love to helping other kids with disabilities. So like that's God. And, um, and yet I would never have called myself strong. I think Calix amplified me to this level. I didn't even know was possible. Like I had no idea. And I think the community as well, like the, the community of Abbeville, if you could only picture what love looks like, Sometimes it does require tragedy, but it's like when you watch high school kids come on a football field that evening and families and just ball and hug each other and break down. And and that was a lot of the inspiration of knowing how much we need it. Like we all need a hug. We all need, you know, truly a how you doing, a what's up, you know, those kind of deep talks instead of surface level um oh where'd you go on vacation mm-hmm. so when calix passed it caused me to need to know more it also caused me to realize what how blessed we are to live where we live how blessed we are to have a community of people that truly care um and it it started leslie toward the journey of returning back to, or coming to the Catholic faith from, you know, Methodist. She went through RCIA a few short years thereafter. Um, wow. And it it was, yeah, Calix was 99% of the reason I'm sitting on this couch. And so I'm going to go further. God allowed Calix to transform Hundreds of hearts. I mean, like instantaneously, my employees, everyone in my clinic got closer Mm. with each other, but also with the community to recognize the needs out there. But we all get our strength from watching his family left here deciphering this. When you see where they turn to, you start to know the power of mass. You start to know the power of community church, of retreats and all these things is like when you see here's a living example of a family who is completely broken by the standards of order and yet they have a smile they have you know uh, some joy yeah some joy that's yeah. it some unexplainable makes absolutely no sense yeah kind of joy yeah yeah definitely so, Tell us about Calix. Calix. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, we talk about Calix, and Calix was no saint. But, <laughs> None of us are. <laughs> but Calix was loving. That was Calix. I mean, to, to sum it up in one word, I mean, he was heavy in his faith, and we found out a lot how much more we didn't know later after his passing. I mean, he's got priests that are priests now that really wrap their whole entire faith-based lives now around Calix touching them. Like, so he had a lot more faith than we, any of us ever knew until his passing. But 
Did he go to VC? He went to Vermillion Catholic. Yes, he did. And I mean, he was just loving. Like the day he passed away, I mean, and this is on a Monday morning and we joke about this all the time, which I mean, I'm grateful that I can joke about it. I mean, he had a dollar forty two to his name. I mean, that's what he passed away with. Now he's coming from Gate on to Abbeville. And uh, with a dollar forty two in his pocket, and he, he had gonna get paid till Friday, yeah. and he was probably smiling. <laughs> he was, you know, at the time of his passing, there's no doubt in my mind he was smiling, and uh, that's just the way he was. He didn't have a care, not say that he didn't care about life, but he just was happy go lucky. Mm-hmm. It didn't matter that he had a dollar forty two because his week was gonna be the same if he had a pocket full or if it was pocket empty. And if somebody asked him for a dollar, he have gave him the whole dollar yep. forty two. It's just the type of person he was. He had dropped everything in the matter of a split second if the phone rang and it was a friend in need. Like, he'd have got up and left regardless. Truck on empty, it didn't matter. That's just the type of person he was. His faith would have got him there. His faith would have got and that's how it was. It was no big deal. So even the kids at school, uh, in his passing, they made uh, shirts because that was his. He'd give them a ride. You need a ride? I got a ride. They jump in, trucks on E. They're like, dude, you need some gas. He's like, don't worry about it. Like, I think I forget what the shirt says, but they all made these sh- shirts with the fuel gauge on it on empty. And it's Calix. It's like, cool. Don't worry. I know my truck. I think yeah, that's, what that's exactly what he said. Don't worry, dude. I know my truck. So that's like, amazing. pick them up on E. You need a ride. It didn't matter. We did gone. he ever run out of guys that you had to go get him? I never did, but he did run out. He called my wife. He wouldn't call me. He's like, hey, don't tell dad, but bring me a gas can out the shed. You know, it's awesome. like, but <laughs> that was like him, you know, yeah. Yeah. like, and me and my oldest son spoke about us later. So it's like, you know, we rap, we try to wrap our head around it when it first happened. But like I said, inevitably it led us here. But it's like, he lived his life for God. Like, it's like he knew his days were short and that's how he lived. Like, Man. I know my time has come and he took advantage of every minute, you know, every second. So that's Calix balled up into a little. <laughs> we all need to be living like that. Yes. Yeah, and do. I think that's the goal is yeah, like absolutely. to wake up in the morning and not worry about the little things. You know, it's like men, you know, we like to control everything. We talk about this all the time also. Like I like control. We like control. It's, I think in that, until I really attended acts and I was able to lay it all out. And lay it all out on the table and turn that control over to God is whenever I felt the release. Mm. Like, that's when I felt better. So I think it's just, and we still try to control every aspect of life daily. You know, it just is what it is. We're human. But until we can turn that control over and let him guide us, I think that's, Mm -hmm. that's the ultimate goal. And I think that's how he was living. That's how he lived his life every day. I think he turned it over to him every day when he got out of bed. Wow. Yeah. Despite us. Despite us telling him. (laughs) (laughs) Daily. (laughs) That was the one thing that stood out to me the most when when I would really start diving into my dad's Bible because he was Baptist, so he wrote all up in his Bible. And the thing, if you were to flip through it today, the thing that sticks out the most with the highlights and the underlining was that he could do nothing, that he had control over nothing. Like just trust in the Lord, just trust in the Lord, just trust in the Lord. Um, And I think he probably underlined it so much is because he struggled with it so much. Definitely. Um, But that was, that's constantly the message when you go back. It's like, (laughs) 
you have this life is not yours. Right. It Never is was. mine, child. Never yeah, was. yeah. You give it up. We were, we didn't have any money growing up. We, we you know we still don't. And it was my dad's thing. It was always like just just the Lord's going to take care of it. The Lord will provide everything. You know he was very optimistic. But now I can see why he was just yeah. really faith filled. Faith filled. Yeah, he knew. He knew it was all going to work out. Um, but yeah, we all I think in some way struggle with that control. My two favorite people in the whole wide world are putting on retreat in July. <laughs> in the theme of blooming with us this mm. year, Laura Huval and the Light Projects, aka Christy Freyrumi, are partnering for a one-day reflection, 10-year soul, on July 20th, which is a Saturday. From 9 to 3.30, y'all, this property is beautiful. Yeah, wait, it's let me see my song place. again. My two favorite people in the whole wide world are putting on a retreat in July. And my favorite place in the whole wide world <laughs> at the Jesuit Spirituality Center in Crankato. Man, Dreamiest that's a You're welcome. Yes, between Laura's voice, I don't know what I'm going to contribute yet, except I'm going to come just raw and vulnerable, you know just like I normally do, and try to share as much as we can about Jesus as the ultimate gardener of our soul and how there's so much in our story, so much in our lives that he wants to use and prune and blossom and grow. And I think I'm for sure in that season right now. So by the time July comes, I think I'm going to have a lot to share. Yeah. I'm going to go too. Uh, you won't have to hear me sing again, but I'm going to do it one more time. My two favorite people <laughs> in the whole wide world are putting on a retreat in July. And they're doing it at my whole favorite place in the whole wide world. The Jesuit Spirituality Center in Grand oh, 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 oh. Y'all visit <laughs> LaraHuel.com. To register, and y'all come spend a day with us in the most beautiful place uh, in the world with the most beautiful women in the world, and you just, you don't want to miss it. Come like, refresh your soul with yeah, us. Tend your soul. Tend it. Tend it. Tend it. Yeah, he didn't. Calix was a light of every circle, but what you started to know is how many circles he was in. Mm. Like the joy after was to recognize, wait, y'all. Oh, you wait, you too. Wait, who? And adults, parents, teachers, kids, young kids, old kids, seniors, freshmen. He found a way to conversate with them and offer them. And they, you can't make up the stories, right? It's just love. Like it it didn't it wasn't solving a mathematical equation. It wasn't getting all the answers right in whatever topic. It was just his presence in the room, his ability to find joy in the mundane. Um and hearing like I thought that was just my calyx. Mm-hmm. You know, selfishly yeah. there was parts of all of us, they were like, wow, he's, he was like that with everybody. Like he, it didn't matter. I always joked. I said, Calix didn't, ma- it didn't matter if we were working on a expensive horse or a fluffy little, you know, <laughs> a poodle that basically had no value. He cared 
intimately like in that moment to interact with the people and it didn't matter if there was a millionaire in front of them or naturally people tend to change who they are according to who's around Mm -hmm. he was just a level ball of love and i think you know all of the employees myself included were like so desirable the more you realize how rare that is to be that for others but also like where do you get that? Where did he get that? Well, it's only from God. Like mm-hmm. these things are not human attributes that can be um, done. And I, I say maybe you know God knew if I can leave him any longer, <laughs> he's going to lose that because life has a way of ironing sometimes and making you Stripping brash like and mad mm-hmm. and you know and and his memory for me is always just love and like genuine attention but love like giggly silly laugh slap your knee love like just <laughs> he he was the epitome of it never challenging i'm sure he was with you <laughs> bob was, was like no nah. hmm. <laughs> no he was the one always just it's no big deal dad like that was his would, thing yes. i'm like <laughs> It to is my wits deal. end, I'm like, no, you don't understand. This is a big deal. He's like, Dad, just chill. That would be a good. That was his thing. like in the grand scheme of just things, chill, Dad. Dad. It's like he knew. Yeah, it's it's not that's a big what deal. I'm saying. Like, yeah, it's no big deal, Dad. I'm like, yes, it is. <laughs> but it's no, really it's not. not. No, it's not. And now, I, now I see it. You know, it took that, but I'm grateful. I'm grateful I am where I am today. You yeah. Know? You know, it's un- like I said, it's unfortunate that that's what it took to get me to this point. But I'm grateful I am at this point. So this was 2020. 2020. Right before. In January of 2020. Yeah, right before it all just. Yes. Right. So that was a whole nother. Yeah, nother. mental. Component. Dealing with all of that. Then dealing with COVID. Being isolated at your house. Yeah. After going through Ugh. the loss of a child. Not just a child. 18-year-old child was just really getting into life. And uh, just the magnitude of it all, but I think we're doing all right. <laughs> I would say so. I, mean, I think I we're doing so. all right. This you is, uh, I was trying to look it up, but I couldn't, so I just went and get it. Um, from our devotional, we study, we're studying First Corinthians this week for whoever started this week. Um, and it says, so it's First Corinthians 2, 10, verses 10 and 11. God has revealed to us through the Spirit. For the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. For what person knows a man's thoughts except the Spirit of the man which is in him? So also no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. Which is like, I had to read it like five times. Yeah. What does this mean? Um, but if you read before and after it, it just it basically comes down to what you guys are talking about of like... The spirit reveals what is hidden. Like he only he knows by searching the depths of our soul, like what we truly feel, who we truly are. And so you're talking about like how your son has like come alive after his spirit like is in heaven. And all of these things are being revealed that you didn't even know existed and how intimate God is with us because he knows all of our guts, our insides and our outs. And it's also too a testament to when you do get on the spiritual journey and you start to grow in your faith and your lenses change, things that you didn't see before are now like bright and colorful. That's why I love Lent so much because when you're in the desert, those cactus flowers really stand out a lot. Yeah. Um, but sometimes it makes it a little difficult because 
because you are different and because you act different and because you see things differently, now those surface conversations are so boring. And now those, it's like on one hand, sometimes you want to go back to who you were and you try that, but it's like an old shirt that doesn't fit you anymore. It's itchy and scratchy and you want to go forward and it's this endless diving into the unknown and the spirit just keeps revealing these things. Can y'all speak to that a little bit about how the spirit, like how do you know that the spirit is alive within you in particular? Is it a feeling? Is it a an emotion? Can you describe it at all? Can you tell Christy you still want to be like Barbara Walters? <laughs> yeah. She asks the bet. She left to went There's and got a, really a book good, in another no room. Well, Did a jumping jack. And my, then I know. Back. Yeah. My goodness. I just love this. You just yes. gave me the goosebumps. Yeah. No, the- yeah, well, I mean, I know I know he's alive because I mean, I feel it because I feel myself fade away at times. In other words, I can feel myself. I got away from daily masses, and um, I just felt different. We do Bible studies. We do a Monday morning Bible study. We do a couple Friday morning Bible studies. We go to retreat. We we do all of these things, and it just becomes repetitious, and you lose that. You lose the feeling, and I can feel myself lose it. And then I gravitate back to where my roots started. I'm back to daily mass again. And it's just, I know because I feel my life, like I feel different, you know? Mm. So, I mean, that's where, I, and, that, and that's where I'm at now. I'm back in daily masses, I, you know, and I mean, I feel so much better. Mm-hmm. I sleep better at night. I've been on sleeping pills for two years. I got off of them uh, January 1st this year. Preach like, it. sleep all night long now, now that I'm back in daily mass, like that's not coincidental. Wow. Like it's not just coincidental that I, oh, I so get grumpy. back to my roots. <laughs> yeah. And now I lay my head on my pillow at night and I sleep. So, so grumpy this morning that I didn't yeah. make it to mass on time. <laughs> yeah. I'm driving yeah. over here. I'm sitting in traffic. And if I would have been sitting in traffic because I just got out of mass, yeah. it would have been a whole different conversation <laughs> right. I was having true. with Jesus. Yeah, it's so true. <clears throat> I feel you on that. What about you, Paul? Oh, I think. Yeah, there's a million, a million ways every day that if you allow God to have your heart, he's going to give you a million ways to brighten and lighten your day. And it may be in the most chaotic way, and it's the one lady you don't feel like talking to, but then you go and you call her back or you go sit in that room with her an extra four minutes that you don't have, and and there's depth. There's... Mm. Uh, exactly where you're supposed to be. Like, oh my gosh, I didn't realize your husband's going through treatment or I didn't realize, you know, all all the things that you needed as a reaffirmation. But I agree it changes. And I agree that like it's, it's a unique nature that when I start to feel bad in the past, it would have never bothered me. Like there mm. is a revealing of what, the true mission is, and I joke and I tell all the employees and everyone, it's never been about the animal. Like, it's mm-hmm. always about the people in front of you. Like, I, I'm a vet. I love animals, but I really don't care about them. I care about the people that are bringing them more. I want to know them. I want them to realize they're loved because most people don't. Yeah. Most people have forgotten it. And it might be yesterday they forgot it because their kid is sick. or, um, But... The unique nature is like, where does that boldness, it has to get reaffirmed. Like you, in order to stay, like I jokingly can say, I don't know why I'm even on this couch. And then I think to like a million reasons I'm on the couch. 
Bubba and Calix being a huge one, but it's when we judge ourselves based on human criteria, we're boxing it. Mm-hmm. When we just let God work and we just get out of the way, there are people in need every day. But more importantly, you have the tools they need. Like you have it. God gave it to you. It's just, it's not the tool you think you need, you have. Like yeah. it's never, oh, just give them this pill. It's never a pill, right? It's never, it's something in that God will put for you to give them. And it might be, hey man, I see you. Mm-hmm. Like you were talking about a calling, you know, of a guy that, He's like, I got to get in touch with him. And I'm like, those are things. Like, those are real. They're more real than anything else. Mm-hmm. But we just box them and put them away because it's out of our schedule. So I think for God, for me, like a lot of little huge blessings have happened over even the course of the last month, two months, that I would have never stepped into a position of doing certain roles had I not just fully, because re- if I'd have done them, I'd have screwed them up. Like, <laughs> I, you, know, you know that. Yeah. So it's like, all right, God, it's on you. Like I'm, I'm taking it off of me. And it, the more areas that I do that in my life, the better they turn out. Whereas all the areas I stay controlling, which mm-hmm. I have by far and away not given up my life for him, you know, I picked the moments, yeah. right? And, but it's, those are the moments that have always been the more beautiful. Mm. All the moments I hold are the ones that are in turmoil naturally. Like those are the frustration. Those are the things that don't go as well. And what do we do? We just try it again. You know, that's mm-hmm. the beauty of grace um, and reconciliation, right? Like, yes, indeed. Yeah, can you talk about that a little I bit? I mean, don't go into any oh, detail. Uh, yeah, <laughs> no, 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 not your first confession, but <laughs> no, I mean that's was that one of the harder things for you to do, or not necessarily? I avoided it. I don't think it was the hardest thing. Well, I guess bringing myself to that point, but it was. I, I'll, I'll be honest. It was. I made my. What my confirmation at the age of eighteen, high school. Yeah, and then you never went. I back. didn't go back till I made. I made my axe retreat in on. Well, let's yeah. touch on that. Yeah. I'll tell you yeah. where reconciliation came into play. So <laughs> my son it. passed away January twenty seventh, twenty twenty, and uh, we had a little fundraiser. Park was on every year, so we had the fundraiser, whatever. October that same year, still struggling somewhat. Paul's telling me you need to come to Acts. I'm just telling you, just maybe a starting point. Just come, man. Just, you know, take the plunge. Cool. So I'm like, yeah, what date? He gives me the date, and I just put it in my pocket and go on about my business. So riding down the road with the wife, and I said, Paul wants me to go to this Acts retreat. And I'm like, but I don't know. You know me. I got a lot of stuff going on. I always got a lot of stuff going on. (laughs) So she's like, well, when is it? I'm like. I don't know. I think January 27th or something is the day of the axe retreat. So she's like, Bubba. I'm like, what? He's like, January 27th is the date of the axe retreat. And I'm like, what? Hey, Paul. <laughs> um, yeah, count me in. Like, I, I wasn't asked to, to go, ask but uh, the Holy Spirit. I wasn't yeah. asked to go. I think I was told to go. <laughs> yes. So, 
Yeah, I attended my ex retreat on January 27, 2021. And wow. That's where I, that's where I uh, went to reconciliation for the first time since I made my confirmation. And like I said, that's where my journey began. Well, it began January 2720, but that's where it really started to take off. Yeah. It really started to take off. So, dang. Yeah. (laughs) Can I get an amen? Amen. Amen Amen to that. (laughs) Yeah. That was going to be my next question. How long after your uh, son's death did you go do the action treat? Exactly. One year to the the day. day. (laughs) That's wild. Yeah. Yeah, that is crazy. It's divine. Yeah, it is divine. Neither of us, like, I never, you know, yeah, never you, even. you don't look at dates far away. We were in October, it was October 8th or yeah. 7th, whatever yeah. it was that year that we did the fundraiser. And you don't look at the date. You're just like, yeah, it's yes. in January. Every year it's in January, dude. Come on. And he's like, I don't see. And then he comes back and I'm like, oh, yeah, this is perfect. Um, yeah. Reassuring, and the, God beating oh, us over the head oh, with something. Yeah. I mean, the the community. I, I think about this often. It is acceptable to be a Catholic, especially in Abbeville, especially in Lafayette, Diocese of Acadiana. Right? It's cool. Um, it is such a gift for us to be you know brought up in an area where it's at least heard of tangible you know where you actually um have these retreats going on i you know and there's other parts of course of the country um and in our country probably within our state that just don't have as many resources as we have i think the axe retreat has been a huge community builder for us you know, in Vermilion, of course, in Lafayette, you know, Iberia now. And it's because it keeps people in daily contact. Like, the, I think we all thought of the church as them, and we just go there mm-hmm. instead of we are the church. Mm-hmm. We are the, you know, responsible parties for inviting people in. And praise God, like, the women's retreat is so booked up they're gonna have to do two acts <laughs> you know how awesome is that and so hundred and something people in the first couple yeah. of minutes applied like wow. it's insane so That's it's beautiful it, the gift is like god's revealing himself even more and more but i think it's on us to take the responsibility to help other people because we're all carrying a load like i'm telling you people have difficulties in this life we all do we can I could sit on this podcast for two hours just talking about my kids. <laughs> and yet, like, he's the only one that can unburden that load. Mm-hmm. You just have to be willing to let him. And I don't think there's a priest out there who would ever take credit for any of the people coming to confession after years or the people mm. finally admitting the sin. Or the people finally coming just back to church. Like, it's not them. Like, we're going for Christ. Yeah. They're just the way to him, you know. And um, We're lucky that we have such great what? imitators of Christ, though. What? Oh, no question. Yeah. Father, Father D, I mean, Father Don has been that youthful energy of bringing coolness back mm-hmm. for our community whenever he was here. Now, look. <laughs> 
he was blessed. <coughs> Perfect role time of, you know, he didn't have to have all the pressures of pastor when he was in. So he was at youthful fun and he brought a joy back. Now he brings a thunder with the challenges. <laughs> like, and he did that very well too. But it like, he will challenge you. Father Louis has been just this, the sweetest shepherd of a man for our community, watching him guide us. Like it's, we're the luckiest people on earth. I mean, we really are. And of course, Father Picard and Father Charles are awesome. Um, Abby feels a very special mm-hmm. place. It's it's a gift. I only got to witness that my godson goes to Vermilion Catholic. He's a senior this year, but Man. he's been there for the last four years. And so getting to spend time out there with that community, it really is. It's very cool. We've got big woods and, you know, they've got, of course, uh, gotten to interact with a bunch of missionaries yes. and learning like, these people did what? I know. <laughs> What's Big Woods? Do what? Like that. So they they have the summers, of course. Um, Brooke. Brooke yeah, Summers Brooke, with Family yeah. Missions Company. Oh, oh, oh. Abbeville. Yeah. Oh, okay. Big yeah, Woods. Big Woods is south of Abbeville. So they, oh, okay. they call it their own community, but they're oh. an extension. So we've been blessed that a lot of the um, missionaries will come to Bible studies with us and give us, like, you want to talk about people giving Whole up professions. And taking their kids. I know, the brew Yeah, I heard that. Wild. It's beautiful. Goodness. Uh, like, that's something that... I can't take my kids to Piccadilly. <laughs> <You know? laughs> How old are your kids? So I have twins that are eight, Charlie okay. and Chandler, and then oh. a six-year-old little boy. They're all boys. You uh, have a kid named Chandler? Christopher, yeah, Chandler. I love that. Charlie James, Chandler Richard, and then Christopher Paul, but we call him Chip. Oh, that's the sweetest. Yeah, they're great. And my wife's Leslie. Leslie's from Winsboro. She's a Yankee from Northeast Louisiana. <laughs> yeah, but uh, we roped her in down here. So, What do you think was the crux for her wanting to become Catholic? Unfortunately, the loss of Calix and Kaylee McLean. Mm. Whew. <laughs> Um, I cry a lot. We have tissue. Um, Kaylee, the day, so we had just went through everything with Calix. Not that you ever get over it. Yeah, girl, thank you. Mm-hmm. But like the ability to see a community come back together again when Kaylee McLean passed, Shilpa, who is um, Leslie's best friend, they went to dental school together. Um, Shopa married a friend of ours, Dominic Listy. So John's. Okay, yeah. We always call John is Dominic's brother because uh, Dominic had a similar to me, you know, knew all the right things to do, but then some parts of life didn't, you know, we we're all. So Dominic and I have become best of friends. So we introduced he and his wife, Shopa. Shopa was Hindu and went to dental school with Leslie. And Shopa started to get a conviction about, hey, I really want to explore it. So, Leslie, let's do RCIA just to see. (laughs) What a great way to go jump in and learn, though. Man. And uh, they did, and they saw and became Catholics. uh, Wow. Yeah, it was a loss. It was definitely the community supporting each other in the times of, Crisis. How long ago was that? Two years ago. Yeah, that I was about to say that was that feels super recent. Another not last Lent, another but the high Lent school before. kid. Yeah, oh, 
Yeah. No, she, yeah, she was 10. So oh, she, oh, she, yeah, was, she was young. It's, um, we've had a lot, like we've had, obviously every community has had it. And it's mm-hmm. like, where do you turn? Like Bubba said at the beginning, when there's nowhere else to turn, like death causes you to reexamine everything. Um, but seeing the healing nature of what it can bring about has been beautiful. Like really. And I think Leslie and Chilpa both noticed that and said, I want some of that. Um, mm. And they've both been, and Shilpa's huge in the ministry. That's somebody y'all need to get. She's wow. going to be at the retreat with us. She's leading yeah. music, she's music ministry she's at, um, the bomb. at the Behold. Perfectly and perfect. Really? Perfect. Yep. Yeah. Oh, you, retreat you mean with, her. Yeah. Oh, yay. And then yeah. you got to get Dominic because uh, he's a great. But um, is, I love Vermilion Parish. I oh, mean, I can, they bring us all the gifts. I can make up. you some lists. Um, but yeah, it's it's been an awesome journey to watch, and you know they pull us, we pull them, they pull us. Like there's so much. But I'll never forget, and not to go on tangents, but it's it's neat because like when your wife calls you out and then says, well, how would your ex brothers like you now? You're like, Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Dang. yeah, it's like, yeah, she's got all the tools to the kingdom. now. <laughs> no, she's an angel. My wife is a complete angel. Bubba, is this your kiddo's handwriting? Um, actually, yes. That was a letter. That's another story. Uh, like yeah. we need them, baby. Speaking of, so, Calix had wrote me this letter, and I knew after his passing, I had the letter because I saved it somewhere, stashed away. Maybe it was for a football retreat or something. And uh, I remember him. I wanted his handwriting, the tattoo on me. And I knew I had this letter. So, I mean, I flipped his room upside down. I've dug in every cabinet. So I'm like, man, it must have got discarded. The day I returned from Axe, I'm <gasps> unpacking my bag, saving things in my room. And I slide a drawer out, and there's this white envelope sitting. Mm-mm. I mean, right there. And I knew when I, I mean, I knew when I rolled it out, I said, that's the letter. Like, I've been through all of this. Like, I opened it up, and it was the letter. So I went and had the letter tattooed on my own. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I already forgot that story. In I mean, spring the so day much. I returned from Axe. Like, come on, God. Like, I mean, for a Thump. year, I'd have flipped this house upside down looking for this letter because I knew I had it. Yeah. And he was like, uh, <laughs> yeah, chill just, out, child. I'll yes. give it to you on my when time. When you're ready. Yeah, when, when you turn ready. over this control yeah. and let it go, it'll be there waiting on you. And it was waiting on me. <laughs> okay. We love to ask this question to all of our guests. Bubba's never listened, so I'll ask him first. Paul might have an idea of what's coming. But if you could create your own personal uh, like Mount Rushmore of people in your life that have inspired you and formed you in your faith to get you to where you are right now today on the couch. What four people would you put on your Rushmore? Four people. It would definitely be Paul, mm. Father Don. Wow. Um, Father Michael. Very inspirational once Calix passed. Um, and Calix. Mm. Like... First and foremost. Mm. Who's Father Michael? Father Michael was ever main Catholic when Calix was there. And uh I should I wish I'd had the letter to read, but 
Calix touched him. Uh, we found all this out later. And later on, once Calix passed, uh, Father Michael actually wrote a letter. He was in Rome at the time of Calix's Father Michael Richard? Michael Richard. <gasps> oh. And he was in Rome at the time of Calix's passing, and he wrote a letter down to all the students of a main Catholic. Wow. And uh, so when he left to go there to Rome, he was only able to bring a few items with him. And a bunch of the seniors had wrote and written him letters. And uh, he said on the day he got the news that morning, uh, he received the news. He pulled his drawer out, and he had bought three letters with him. And Calix's was one of them. Oh, wow. So he said for some reason, you know, Calix's letter touched him. And, and I think the main reason why is because this kid from Vermeer Catholic at the age of 17, because he didn't even turn 18 until he graduated, a 17-year-old kid finished off his letter with I love you. Mm. And he's like, this kid telling me he loves me. Like genuinely, like for no other reason, just just to tell you, I love you. And he said it stuck with him. And for some reason, he felt that letter needed to be with him in Rome. And uh, and Calix passed away while he was in Rome. And he said he pulled that letter out and he knew why he bought it with him. You know? Wow. Gosh. So, yeah. So definitely just hearing a story like that from him, how Calix touched him, you know, very, very. Very dear to our heart, you know? Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. You gotta be a super proud dad. <laughs> oh, most definitely. <laughs> most definitely. Yeah. And that's why I said it after his funeral, you know, just in the, uh, he taught me more in those four days, his passing and three days in that funeral home and that funeral till we went to that cemetery. Then I taught him in 17, 18 wow. years of his life. Like he taught me more in those four days. Community, love, support, you know, like, I mean, we couldn't surrender. Fit a, yeah, surrender. You oh, know? One we of couldn't those fit another person in this, uh, in, in this funeral home. Like you couldn't get another person through the door, St. Mary Magdalene, which is a pretty decent sized church, yeah. like standing room, like the whole entire church. So, I mean, the community came together, but it was all because of him, you know, like seeing that, seeing what he did, you know. I would have never known Father Don to the level, you know, the way his homily was so beautiful of this, you know, gentleman. And and it, I sent him a message. I found a way to get him. And I sent him a message like, man, look, that was incredibly well delivered you know it was he he does amazing jobs at funerals and i think father louis has taught him beautifully yeah. in that because father louis does a beautiful job i hate that i know who does good jobs yeah, at funerals. Well. yeah. <laughs> um, but instantly he's like thank you like i i didn't it was the biggest hardest thing for him as mm-hmm. well y'all. his first funeral F- first oh funeral. really it was his yeah. first father don was at my house i was actually at work that morning got the call while i was at work and had to drive myself home from uh, morgan city mm. um and father don was at my house yeah. whenever i got home so he was there in my home the morning of wow father don's first funeral was my son his first, first confirmation was my father on his deathbed with hospice in the, wow. in the room at my house so father don confirmed him we gave him his last rites. 
<laughs> you let him do confession. Confession. Tell him about that the night. How yeah, my my that was a, a whole nother story, <laughs> but we could touch on it just on the power. Um, my dad. Uh, no one really knew if he was baptized Catholic or nothing. His whole family, nobody really from back in the day that nobody really knew. So he was having a we. He had a real aggressive um, colon cancer that spread through his whole body, and uh, it was starting to attack the brain. We were in Lafayette for, I don't know, I spent 20-something days in the hospital with him while he was battling it. And finally got to a point where they couldn't do anything else for him, so we decided to bring him home on hospice. So uh, he's at home, and he's having a terrible day. Uh, And I had called Father Don Pryor and said, look, man, if you got a few minutes, well, Prior to that, while we in the hospital, my dad reaches out to me. One day I walk in the door and he's like, hey, you ever talk to that little guy? And I'm like, yeah. what little guy? He's like, I'm, the little guy with the collar. He's like the little guy who was at Calix's funeral, you know, uh, the, the priest. And I'm like, Father Don? He said, yeah, Father Don, you ever speak to him? I'm like, yeah, I just spoke to him like yesterday. I told him if he, you know, say a little prayer for you, whatever. He's like, well, that, that's good. That's what I want to tell you. Just tell him to say a prayer for me if he can, you know? So uh, whenever we decided to bring him home in hospice, I called Father Don. I said, look, Dad's coming home in hospice. He's still doing all right right now, but I'm sure his health is going to decline fairly rapidly. Uh, if you got some spare time, you know, maybe swing by and pay him a visit or whatever. So, I mean, he was super agitated one day, and I had went to work. So Father Don calls me out the blue. It's like one of his worst days yet, my dad, you know. So he's like, hey, uh, is it now a good time? I'm like, there's no other time. Like, yeah, I mean, it's probably not the best day, but just go ahead and visit him, you know. So says Father Don knocks on the door. I'm at work. My wife said, you know, he knocks on the door. My dad's moaning, groaning, you know. So they poke their head in. Hey, look. Uh, the priest is here. Do you want to let him come in? So I said, my dad just got quiet, shook his head. Mm-hmm. So Father Don walks in the room, you know, asks, asks him uh, about his baptism. Were you baptized Catholic? You know, and so Father Don asked him, couldn't get a response out of him. So I don't, do you want to be baptized Catholic? And my dad shook his head, yes. So Father Don asked, you got any water? I'm like, sure, we got holy water for Easter. <laughs> we keep it on the mantle. Come back, bless it, baptize them. Wow. First communion, confirmation, reconciliation. 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 Right there on the spot, last rite. And, uh, and he passed a few days later. But from that point on, when he walked out of that room, my dad went to sleep and slept that night for one of the first times that we had wow. had him home on hospice. So if that's not a testament to the power, like true power, like so yeah, Father Don's played a real a real role in our lives in some pretty terrible, terrible times, but in some great times too. Like reconciliation yeah. this morning, you yeah. know? What greater thing, you know? He's a pretty exceptional human. Yes. He definitely is. Y'all pray for him. Pray we need to keep praying for our yes, priest. I don't do. I don't think we say that enough. Pray for each other because we need more of those stories because they're what brought us all here. Man, <laughs> how lucky are we that we all get to have this conversation? Right. Yes. You know, we were talking about that. My husband's also a convert to the faith, and they asked us to do these videos on the Eucharistic revival or whatever. And I'm like, his story is way better than mine. I'm just going to sit here. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
but it's, you know, a lot of his family is still Baptist and Methodist and all those things. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. Like you said, like it's good and it was good enough. But when you start to really experience this like earthquake Amen. in your inside of you, like you just you want that for the people that you love the most, you know? So it's like awesome to be able to get to sit here whether you're listening or like on these couches and hear like the magnitude of what the sacraments do to people and how they take arguably the worst thing that can ever happen to a human is to lose a child and then to lose a parent and to see the glory that comes from that. It gives me so much hope. I can't imagine. And a brother. And a sibling. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh, and a brother. The trifecta, huh? The father, son, and the Holy Spirit. Yes. My gosh. Yeah. Bubba, I'm so glad you came today. I mean, yeah, I told y'all. Well, thank you for it's having me. It's not over me. yet, thank but thank you for my having God. Paul let me know yesterday morning I was coming, so I prepared. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you're Mount Rushmore, Paul. Bubba, Bubba, Bubba. No. <laughs> That's only three. Yeah, Bubba. Father Don. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Father Don. Uh, oh, it's so many. Bubba, of course, like his walk, his daily, that's what I tell him. I used to tell Justin this. I said, Justin... You, going back to muscular dystrophy, Justin Rogers, I'd say you impact people by riding your wheelchair in a McDonald's in a way that I will probably never impact anyone because you show them you're still smiling. You have a trach hooked up with a ventilator on the back of your wheelchair that we welded to make it accessible. And just your presence, like it's enough. You're a gift from God. And you're living life to its fullest while all of us are looking for the first exit, even though we say we're not, but we'll drown it out with, you know, beer if that's your choice or weed or whatever it is that people, sleeping pills, all the things that we do because we can't take the fullness of life. And here you are living it, showing us how to live. Mm. Um, so uh, Justin's huge. All the MDE kids. I mean, the amazement of what I learned in those stages is what to be grateful for. But also, you know what, God, if it's your will and you want to take a leg from me or whatever, let it be. Like, I'm I'm not going to quit life just because of a debilitation or because of a, uh, a hiccup. Um, Bubba, through Calyx, because of the strength of the endurance, the everyday endurance. Like it's easy to get up and give a testimony and then to go crawl in a cave or to leave the town. But when you're walking next to somebody daily, it's, it's inspiring. You know, it's unbelievable to watch a family. Obviously Bubba's supported by his Heather, his wife and you know, his whole, his mom, everyone, like the family unit, this is not one man doing it, but it's all of the community supporting him. But he's giving us 50 times the support that he thinks we're giving him. Um, perseverance, the grit, holy grit, as Paul George calls it. <laughs> um, the ability to keep walking. Uh, my parents, of course, uh, because of the foundation, you know, they're just, you, they were, you know, the examples and, and are the examples, not were. Um, and I would say all the priests, I mean, because I love Father Don, I love Father Louis, but I love 
all of them, anyone that's going to give up mm-hmm. their life for you is essentially what they're doing. They are giving you the community. I wish we had more so that we could, you know, make their job a little bit, but it is what it is and it's where God wants it right now. And I think that we do not realize the gift. You know, there's some parishes that don't even have a priest. Uh, That's crazy. It's true. And um, there's places in the world where you can't even, you know, receive Jesus. Mm So I think the gift is to recognize what we do have. We're always at a place of, I'm going to say, arguing about what we don't instead of, you know, arguing for what we do. Um, Naturally, we were first people to complain if the internet's out or the blah, 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 <laughs> like jokingly with my kids praying I, because I need the remembrance. We do a prayer candle every night. And I'm like, what about electricity fools? You know, <laughs> what about the blankets? Like you know, all the, you know, and it's cause I need to remember that for me. And, but I don't want them to remember it as well. I love the way kids pray. Oh, it's cool. Jesus, thank you for the sunshine, and yes. thank you for our forks, and thank you, you know. Yeah, I mean, yeah total squirrels. <laughs> exactly. Love total it. squirrels, absolutely. Can we talk real quick, going back to Justin, like the favorite story that uh, of Justin Rogers of mine is whenever, I don't remember where it was, maybe you can fill in the gaps because I'm not a great storyteller, but he was somewhere, maybe the, the beauty queens came to summer camp, and one of the the beauty queens was like talking to him and she knelt down in front of him and she was like talking really loud and in his face and very animated, like, hi, how are you today? Kind of thing. <laughs> and he looked at her and he goes, lady, I got muscular dystrophy. I ain't deaf. Exactly. hundred <laughs> percent him. That was my favorite story. <laughs> yeah. He's, he was a one liner zinger. Funny. Um, yeah, he will call out like we would be any anywhere eating at a restaurant, and they would ask, "What does he want?" Um, I can order, and like, <laughs> and then the waitress melts, you know, because yeah. they're like, "Somebody take the table." <laughs> because he's like, "You think I can't talk?" Yeah, and you know, naturally, toward the end, he had a for the last few years, he had a ventilator, so he had a tube. Like mm-hmm. I would have been. Reserve, yeah, and he offered him just as much grace after, you know, the poking. He would then laugh with them and you know tell him he understood. But Um, it broke the ice. Like any conversation you had with him, um, even Aaron Smith. Like that was my favorite things about him and Chase Daly. Yes, those were like the three that really just made you feel comfortable being uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was very good at that. Exactly. Mm -hmm. He will call out what you would never want him to say. Um, you know, restaurants are always the best because he, you know, <laughs> I can order. Um, I can do it. I'll tell you one more. Like, so year one, I think the same year as Swirly, he um <laughs> takes off because the first year he he drove one of those I call them hover rounds. It's like the scooter because he still had some function of his arms, and um he goes around the pond and he flips over <gasps> into the pond. So his head's underwater. We're all kind of by the dot. Um, I remember I had flip-flops on, but I take off running. I ran all the way around the pond, and I pulled his head out from under the water, and he spits water at me. Now, <laughs> this is easily 10 to 15 seconds. It's not like 
a minute, but it's yeah. also not two seconds. Yeah. <laughs> and he said, and he spits water. He said, I knew you were coming. <laughs> and I'm like, how do you get mad at that? You like, can't. Yeah. I wanted to like quit driving so close to the, you know, all the normal reactions. And he's like, I knew you were coming, but he spit water in my face. And I'm like, what are you doing, kid? Yeah. That would be an icebreaker. He had you at hello. He did. And you returned back for years to come. Yes. Years. That's good stuff. Do y'all do y'all have a devotion to a particular saint? <laughs> or one that you kind of are just like intrigued by? I love St. Paul. Not just because it's my name, but because <laughs> of the fact that like, how do you sit in prison? How do you like all the things stripped away? And I always joke and say, well, what would it take for me to give up? And ironically, it's a lot less than what this podcast may seem like. It's mm-hmm. like you stub your toe some days and that's all it takes for you to lose your religion. Um, so it's a willingness to keep, you know, the endurance up and know stuff's going to get stripped from us. Like that is the order, natural order of this life. And like to persevere, knowing the end goal is worth it, knowing, you know, heaven is worth it. And when you screw up, which you will, it's okay. You know, credit, debit, I call it, where you get, you know, you exchange your sins for grace. You know, you're not walking out of that confessional without some extra power. That's how I literally go into the confessional. Fall there, I'm about to dump all my stuff. I'm going to need you to dump a bucket of grace on my head. And I always get a little giggle, but that's it. I'm just going to trade in some resentment for some grace. I like the way you put that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So St. Paul. St. Paul. And St. Bubba. No. St. Bubba. Not by four, man. Not yet. No. Someday. Working on it, huh? We all working on it. I got a long ways to go. I don't I don't have one uh right off hand. I'm still in the baby stages of learning all this state stuff. Yep. But I still get up every day and focus on it and do the best that I can to get through each day now. It used to be uh, trying to plan the week out, but I've learned to, I've learned to take it each day now. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that's just the beginning steps of it, you know. I always, after confessions, they always talk to me about St. Joseph, so I'm sure that it's because yeah. I don't. That's a nudge. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe need Not to read like up on that yeah, a little bit maybe. Yeah, yeah, he handed morning. me a card. Yeah, I got the same one. All right, good. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Here you go. Okay. My, well, then my question for you, Bubba, would be what's one thing about your faith that has either like changed your mindset about what the Catholic faith is or something that has kind of like come into a new light for you about what it means to be Catholic? Well, and I mean, I, like I said, I we've learned about it in catechism when we were younger. We've learned about it all. And then. We we became so distant from it. It really was non-existent, mm-hmm. our faith, you know. We just lived every day how it was. And then seeing something like that with Calix passing and the outpouring from the community, like who didn't want to be a part of that? Right. Like who, would, who wouldn't want to feel that? Like walk into a church and have this feeling of being overwhelmed. Not with just grief and sorrow, but like this uplifting feeling during a funeral of your own child. Like, how is that even explainable? So I think that just in that moment, like 
I want I want that. I want more of that. Right. You know? That's beautiful. Yeah. Anything else? <laughs> I will say, and I forgot to mention, like, the church is us, and I think I mentioned it, but, like, it's up to us, what y'all doing this podcast, us involved in your own parishes, wherever they may be, to, like, be a drummer for it, but also recognize, like, there are needs. I think about, like, my wife wouldn't have become Catholic if the Drew Davids willing, like these are people that work, but they go and do a lot of these classes. Dustin Bertrand, huge help Mm -hmm. for Leslie and Shilpa, um, huge who I adore and I'm getting to know a lot more. Um, But like be the John Listies, uh, all the community needs us. And it, doesn't really require all this time that you think it does. Amen. Five minutes before mass, 10 minutes after, but be out there talking when you see a new face, like recognize. And then small groups. Like I know that's why we've died on the vine in a lot of different parishes is the small groups have died. Like you've got to, I want to know you mm-hmm. and the joy of like Bible studies. It's, even getting too big, so we had to divide them up. But like to where intimate setting where mm-hmm. you can sit and like dump your day and get you know the your friend's commitment. Hey, I'm I'm gonna check on you tomorrow, yeah. and like those things that I think um, we can't always rely on the priest or those holy people to do mm-hmm. those things. We are the holy people. Amen. We are the cage and <laughs> yeah. kingdom of priests. There's yeah. a podcast called that. Shout out fellas. Yeah. Yeah. We are. I mean, that's our job yeah. to go love people. Like Jesus loves people to imitate the Lord yeah. as best. We can't be worthy of, yeah. of being an example. And, and rem- just, yeah. Remembering that our presence matters. Cause yes. I hear it so much that people, listen to that voice of discouragement. Like, does it really matter if you go? Does it really matter if you sign up? I don't know how to lead a small group. Like that listening to that voice of discouragement is not from God. It's not from Mm -hmm. the Holy Spirit. And he will tell you whatever he knows you need to hear to keep you from doing that thing. So your presence matters. Your gifts matter. And he will reveal those to you once you take a step in that direction. And then it won't feel like work. And all of a sudden, time will multiply and the loaves multiply, and soon enough you're like, where did all this joy come from, and where did all this time come from? It's because he, you've taken that step to just live into what he's called you to live into, and it's amazing. Yeah, no, anything divisive, I always say, is not of God. Like, yeah. God does not divide. And that, be it in your family, that be it, you know, in your your personal relationships, like, he doesn't divide. He seeks for us to... Commune, you know, like mm-hmm. my gosh, really. If he only wanted there to be one of us, there would only be one of us. <laughs> exactly, could have done that. Could have yeah, definitely done, done that. that. I've got identical twins, and they're so you know opposite. And I'm like, like they're identical, but they're not identical. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Thank you, God. Yeah, it's um, I don't know. I I just think about it's up to us. Like it's literally up to us, and. It's on us, like it is on us, and and if you don't show joy in mass, guess what? They're gonna say, "Well, them Catholic people don't sing, or they don't yeah. smile, <laughs> or they don't," you know, like they. It's because of you have to. We 
you know, I hate saying you, but mm-hmm. we, I have to make sure to be reminded of that. People are watching. Yeah. And there is 99 reasons not to be sitting here right now worthy, you know, and all those reasons. There's a whole lot more holy people. But this is our call, and we're here. We're really, really grateful that <laughs> you guys too. came. Thank you. Thank you. This has been really beautiful. And exactly, the Lord knows what we when need. we need it, what we need. And um, this was divine timing. Because yeah. it wasn't even supposed to be today. So no, it wasn't. Yeah. Yeah. It was, yeah. It was supposed to be a few other. But he had to go to work, and whenever the Holy Spirit's <laughs> like, hey, dog, you need that bubble on there. You ain't got enough to talk about. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, <laughs> Thank you, both. Who told that you that? I don't know if he really said that, but that's kind of what I felt. I'm like, what am I going to I can go in some circles. We can talk. But I don't know that it would be nearly as productive as Yeah, when Paul's like, it's just a nudge from the Holy Spirit. If it doesn't work out, I'm like, no, no, no. I don't like to ignore the Holy Spirit. Yes. We'll just, we'll do whatever we need to do, make it happen. Yeah. And I'm so glad that we did. Yeah. The Lord knew I needed really, both of you today. So really awesome. thank, thank you. you all so much. Thank you for having me. Um, wait, one final question, because we yeah. love to give the listeners something to pray with every week. Do y'all have a Bible verse that you like to lean on? I got a, or a book of the Bible? I got a bunch of me, but. I'm going to say the one I said this morning, and ironically, so I'm I'm all over the place, but for sure, so Matthew chapter 6, 30 on, you know, it's a short but long, and it's it's probably, I'm going to pull it just so that I can read it correctly. Um, It's been since the days of Justin, like this was something that really helped me get through, Um, and of course, school and all of those things, but... It ends with, therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Let the day's own trouble be sufficient for the day. And obviously, there's many versions of that, but it begins with, hey, like we're always so worried. So it says, therefore, do not be anxious, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For Gentiles seek all of these things. Your heavenly Father knows that you need them all, but seek first his kingdom. So, and then it goes into it. It's like, it's me because I'm Mm -hmm. a controller and anxiety, you know, naturally trying to plan eight moves ahead instead of just, Hey, you're here. Quit. Don't worry about the 84 phone calls I've missed. It's one of my faves (laughs) too. My dad has a great little note on top of that page in his Bible. It says anxiety is irrational. And when I read that 10 years ago, I was like, it is. Can never argue with that. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's I love beautiful. that. That's beautiful. And I think my main one was the prodigal son. Mm. The father running yeah, to the was. prodigal son. So, I mean, I looked at myself and I I looked at myself as that guy. I wanted everything that he had to offer, but I didn't want to put in the work. Mm. So when the great famine came, which I take my son, my son, my death of my son mm. as that great famine. And I decided to come walking back. He came running to me with open arms. So, like, that's mm. that's me, you know. That's mine. That's beautiful. Yeah. And I, I would encourage, like, I know Bubba stays in the Bible every day. I've done Bible in a year since it's come out every day. And we're on, what, year three, round three. Um, now catechism in a year, that's really cool. Mm. And I'm up, did it. This morning, it's it's incredible to hear the explanation, mm-hmm. 
because I think that the big words sometimes get people hiccuping just to not even try. Um, but each verse is, I mean, there's something in it. It's divinely inspired. Like how many people quote the Bible or say and have never, I was one, I had never read it cover to cover until a dude reads it to me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And Father Mike, I shouldn't call him a dude, but you know what I mean? Like it's, uh, there's gifts out there. And I think this new age helps us people who don't love to read, but who will listen. It's worth it. That's the biggest surprise for me being Catholic all my life is how awesome the catechism is. Amen. I always would hear the word catechism and I thought CCD exactly. and I thought boring, stale, yeah. mean old teacher. news. I don't need that. I just have the Bible. <laughs> mean yeah. teacher. And I didn't even take catechism, but man. Since my husband was in RCIA, cracking it open, I'm like, what? This has been in here the whole time? <laughs> I can actually understand this. This makes so much yeah. sense. You can look up segments. Yeah. Can... It's awesome. Secret toolbox. But not sure. really that secret. My, yeah. One of my fascinating <laughs> like so not secret at all. <laughs> yeah. I know. Um, what, something that fascinated me, I just got back into the church in 2022-ish, more like 2021. But um, was if you go to daily mass, if you go to mass every single day, you get the Bible in three years, in the that, whole Bible <laughs> and the body of Christ every day and the whole Bible in three years. And I was like, challenge Catholics accepted. don't know the Bible is what they say. And we're so bad at because we can't defend it. Yeah, Until true that. You just did. We like, just did. Yeah, yeah. the time. <laughs> amen. All right, y'all. Thanks for listening. Amen. Thanks for being here. May y'all have a good day. Yeah. <laughs> 